to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You're listening to On the Block, 93.7 The Ticket. Starter Heyman text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. We want to hear your thoughts today. NFL draft tomorrow. O'Shawn Mathis revealing where he will be going to school here in the next few days as well. Lots of things happening for Nebraska football for April 27th, more than we usually have. So that's why we go to the experts. And Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joining us right now. Now, Evan, the first question I have for you, I don't want to get too much into this debate because it caused a little bit of chaos in the text line, but do you like leftovers or food fresh more? Well, I mean, given the choice, I'll take the fresh food, but I am pro leftovers. I, you know, I, I, I had a roommate in college once who hated leftovers. And so he would bring home, you know, whatever was left from a meal and said, yeah, I, I just can't do it. I mean, those are, those are the best situations ever because I, yeah, give me leftovers all day. Obviously given the choice, I'll take something fresh, but uh, yeah, I have nothing against that at all. I I love it. I, I, again, I don't know why that became such controversy on the text line, but it was, it was chaos. I can't even begin with you, but I uh, want to jump right into it. Strick and I were just talking about the NFL draft when it comes to the Huskers. We came up with four, four guys that we think are locks to be drafted. Uh, where are you at with Huskers in the draft for starting tomorrow? And then are there any wild card guys that think maybe could slip there in the in the late in the later rounds well i think it's going to be a busier draft than nebraska's had in a while uh you know i think three to four is probably a pretty safe range of of guys that you're going to see drafted cam jurgens for sure cam taylor Britt for sure jojo doman and, and austin allen probably almost for sure and then you know, outside of that, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, Damian Daniels was a guy who essentially bet on himself. He could have come back and been an, an easy, surefire starter for Nebraska on the line, and he decided to go pro. And so we'll see if that pays off for him. Probably more of a of an undrafted free agent type. Um, Samori Toure was a guy who probably did uh, boost his stock more than a lot of those guys. When you look at what he did in some of the, the exhibitions uh, after the season, how he's you know, he caught some touchdowns and, and performed pretty well with some peers late in the season. So he's a guy that you'd look at maybe who could be a, a seventh-round type guy based on, on what he did. But I think of the, the guys who probably will be drafted, it's such an interesting situation because everyone's talking about Cam Jurgens and he, he's a good example, I think, of, of a guy whose stock has risen through all of the measurables and the, the testing that's done in the combine just because he's he's such a physical freak. I mean, he, he has a, a vertical leap ability comparable to a lot of corners. And so I think he's opened some eyes with what he can do, and he's somebody that just, again, you look at the raw numbers, um, that, that's an awfully tempting pick at center. I think Cam Taylor-Britt is the guy, though, who maybe has like that specific skill that's the most established. Like if you look at Jurgens, you can say, Hey, we can really develop into him into something. Jojo Doman don't really know how he's going to fit. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor Britt's the guy that you have a lot of film on. You can look at him and how he defended guys like David Bell at Purdue or some of the other top receivers in the big 10. And he held his own and then some. And so I think maybe he has the highest ceiling. And then I would say Doman probably has 
the highest floor just because, uh, you know, he doesn't have that one thing that he does great, but he's so versatile and where he can play, you would think at the very least he's going to be a guy who will be an impact special teams guy or a, or a you know a specialty package guy in in a in a defense as well. So there's just so many ways for him to catch on too. So it should be, you know, again after such a handful of quiet drafts for Nebraska the last handful of years, this should be uh, you know a busier one for former Huskers. Hey, real quick, um, Evan, I, I as you talked about Samari Toure. Um... You know, I could see him being in that maybe 250 range to 350 range, possibly. Um, but where would you see him starting off? I mean, he has, you know, the second highest per catch average in Nebraska history at 19.5. Didn't have a whole bunch of them, but still almost ended up with 1,000 yards at 898, 900 yards and five touchdowns. Would you see him on the outside or probably more so in the slot, being that he only ran about a four, four, eight, 40 yard dash? But he's got good, good, you know, good quick feet and his 10 yard was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know that he has <clears throat> that top end straight right. line speed that you probably need to, to push back a defense or get over the top on the outside. We saw him, I think he had a lot of success as a slot guy in his one year at Nebraska, uh, just with being a crisp route runner. I think that's probably more his strength than just blowing by a guy uh, you know, on the outer edge. He, he's an interesting one, though, too, because you think about Stanley Morgan even a handful of years ago, uh, you know, set all those records at Nebraska, was, was a dominant receiver, similar to what Toure did. Um, I think you know, Morgan's probably a little bit better of a player, but he wasn't drafted and he had to reinvent himself with the Cincinnati Bengals and, and become more of a, of a special teams guy. He got into a, a little bit of, of the offense here just this last year, but he's a guy who had to reinvent himself. I wonder if Toure is a similar type of uh, projection where, you know, if you're a team, you'd love to have him in occasionally as a receiver but maybe he's a special teams guy too maybe he contributes in other ways and it's it's just a different animal in the nfl man like if you unless you're really good at one thing like those roster spots are really valuable they're a lot more valuable than they are even in college and so you have to be good at a lot of different stuff to to prove your worth at that level and so i i just i can't help but think maybe his path is going to be similar to stanley morgan's where he'll do a little bit of pass catching but uh, he might have to learn some other things uh, whether that's tackling or or other things on special teams as well evan bland omaha world herald joining us uh evan a, a big thing that we talk about uh, on the show is is development and it looks like recently it hasn't been great at Nebraska. I mean, you look since 2017, you had one player drafted in 2017, one in 2018, none in 2019, and then two in 2020, 2021. Do you think this is maybe an indication that player development is getting better or that these guys just stick out more than any other guy in years past? Well, yeah, I think it's it's getting a little better. I mean, you can look at all these these players that we're talking about getting drafted, and I think all of them – are positive developmental stories for Nebraska. I mean, Jurgens was a, a tight end in high school, and he was identified by Nebraska coaches as someone who could succeed on the offensive line, and they were right in that assessment. You know, uh, Cam Taylor Britt was a high school quarterback in Alabama, and they liked what he did more on the defensive side than than what he was as a quarterback. And so, uh, Travis Fisher developed him, and he again became a guy who could hang with some of the best receivers in the big 10 his last couple of seasons. Um, Austin Allen came in. He was a guy who I think a lot of people thought could have been a better college basketball player than he was a college yeah. football player. And he, he built up his strength. 
Um, he steadily got better every year under Sean Becton, and and he had a great season too. Um, and then Doman, you know, you think about him. He was he was at Nebraska long enough to be here under the previous staff, and he didn't necessarily have a place under under uh, the the current regime right away. He had to prove himself. He didn't get a black shirt right away, and then he settled in, and, and they sort of adjusted what they do on defense a little bit more to his skill set and, and what he can bring as a nickel. So I think all of those guys certainly improved. Damian Daniels is another example, someone yeah. who uh, didn't have maybe the stamina or the strength early on. He developed into a, I think a, a, a strong contributor on that D line, Ben Stilley, um, same sort of deal. So yeah, I, I think that's sort of the positive side of it. Now you can argue on the other end and say, if these guys were so good, then how did Nebraska win three games? You know, right. how did that happen? And right. so that's maybe a different discussion with um, just being so close and not coming through and, and, and some of the schematic things. But I think in terms of some of these individual players, certainly um, in this class, you can make a case for every single guy that they, they got better at Nebraska and they're, they're going to be drafted on the strength of what they did as Huskers. Evan Blaine joining us, Omaha World Herald. Evan, I want to switch over more towards the recruiting side. O'Shawn Mathis, he's deciding between Texas and Nebraska. He's making documentaries and putting them on YouTube. We can have our own opinions on that. But that put aside, he, he tweeted out today wanting some love from Longhorn Nation, some love with from Nebraska, uh, Go Big Red. Where do you envision O'Shawn Mathis going? And with the recent departure of Casey Rogers, how important is it now to make sure you lock up a guy like that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously critical right. with where they are on the defensive line. I mean, you have Ty Robinson is the only experienced starter mm-hmm. in that entire position group right now. And, and everybody else, you're talking about freshmen, maybe redshirt freshmen, sophomores, guys who you – would have to really ask to take a major step up from what they had. So yeah, absolutely. O'Shawn Mathis would be a major addition um, in stopping the run, but even more so rushing the passer, which is something Nebraska hasn't had with any real consistency since, you know, Randy Gregory seven years right. ago. So it, it would be a major add. It's interesting that it's down to Texas and Nebraska. I mean, he, if you know his story, he, played high school ball in, in Maynard, Texas, which is a suburb of Austin. He was not um, offered by the Longhorns out of high school. And that, and that chapped him at the time. I've, I've talked with some of his family and, and that uh, it didn't sit well with him. And so really the, the primary reason in, in my understanding that he's considering Texas is because his former coach at, at TCU, Gary Patterson is, is over now in that program. And so in some ways it's not even so much Texas versus Nebraska as it is Gary Patterson versus Nebraska. And, and certainly uh, I think the Huskers put their best foot forward with how they rolled out the red carpet for him at the spring game and his family. Um, there's an obvious need there. And, you know, if you, if you listen to guys like Casey Thompson, the NIL um, opportunities are better at Nebraska than they are at Texas too. So I think that's all of that sort of plays a factor. Um, Mathis doesn't do a lot of interviews other than maybe what he put out in his documentary, <laughs> but by all, by all uh, you know, reports, he's a guy who has done his research, has really um, kind of dove deep into, into the, the details of this thing. And so it feels like Nebraska checks off those boxes. You never know uh, how these things go, especially in the portal when so much of it is behind the scenes. But I, I mean, I just, I feel like Nebraska has got as good a chance as anyone when he makes his announcement on Saturday. Nebraska baseball defeats Kansas State eight to six. Is this the beginning of the turnaround? <laughs> well, 
Maybe. Uh, you, UNO tonight, uh, that's a good team. I think this next handful of games will, will be a test for the offense, and that's been the thing holding the baseball team back all year has been uh, can they score runs, can they get on base, can they can they get a clutch hit? And a lot of that has been the answers to those questions have been no. Um, UNO, though, has a good staff, and then you, you talk about Iowa – Coming in this weekend, they have one of the better staffs in the conference and in the country. So I think it's a good, it'll be a good early test, or not early test, but a good sort of newer test about uh, whether that offense has turned a corner. And if it has, I think the, the pitching side of it is is good enough that Nebraska can make some noise in that Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if Iowa has their way and, and pulls off a sweep and Nebraska looks benign on the offensive side again, then you're talking about a real uphill battle with just a handful of series left before uh, the Big Ten tournament in the postseason. Evan, we appreciate you. Where can people get more great content from you? Uh, Omaha.com and the Omaha World Herald. I tweet my stuff out at, uh, at Evan Bland OWH. And, you know, you talk about it being the offseason. There really is no such thing. There's always something going on. So we appreciate anyone that reads or follows along. Awesome, Evan. Have a great rest of your week, sir. Hey, thank you. There he goes. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Great content. Giving us some uh, some updates on Husker football and a little bit of Husker baseball, too. Who knows? Maybe this is the, the start of the turnaround. We got Shootout with Strick coming up. 402-464-5685. That is the Honda of Lincoln hotline number. Strick trying to get back on his winning ways after dropping yesterday's matchup. So who knows? Will Strick get back on it? He did. That's right. Will Strick get back to his winning ways, or will you defeat him for the chicken? $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings on the line. All you have to do is call us, 402-464-5685. Shootout with Strick coming up next on the block. 93.7 The Ticket.